शिला गुरुदेव की जय श्री मन महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जय श्री दल जी गोपाल जी की जय धनतराज श्रीमद भागवत की जय गौर भक्त वृंद की जय गौर प्रमाण हरिगो Our series of lectures about <clears throat> the prayers of Bhritasura, sometimes also popularly known in some circles as the Bhava Chatur Shloki, as we mentioned. So yesterday, we are today in our second meeting. And, um, we will start today officially with the first of these four verses. Uh, but, well, first a very brief summary of what we saw yesterday, just a no, not yesterday, but the day before yesterday, in order to recap. So we did some introduction to the whole um, section, giving a little bit of context, what happened before, what happened after the prayers of Sura. We mentioned the importance of this section, how the Srimad Bhagavatam is well known about in other Puranas, that book which contains the story of Sura. this is especially highlighted for good reasons as we will see also. Um, well, the, the whole setting of the stages comes from fifth canto where there is a description of the hellish planets and from there Sukadev continues to speak about the heavenly planets and in context of that he was describing the situation of Indra, the, the, the chief god if you will in Swarga and how he was uh, excessively indulging in Pratista, no, Lava, Puja, Pratista, surrounded by people glorifying him to the point that his own Guru Brihaspati appeared and he was not able to bow down to him, basically. He was not able to recognize that there was someone higher than him at that precise moment, that he was just in the center of the whole play, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, of course, as we will see here and in other parts of the Bhagavatam, Indra also plays the role of, uh, for a moment, like ungrateful disciple, or if you will, or so-called disciple, exploitative disciple, that I want my guru for certain things, but when I am the center and my guru comes, I want to remain being the center or something like this. So as we know, he, Brihaspati realized Indra knew that I was here, but he's not paying proper respect, so Brihaspati disappeared, and with his disappearance implies the disappearance of the mercy of the guru, Indra lost power, Asuras attacked the devas, started to take Swarga, and Indra got a new guru. <laughs> but mainly for the reason, again, of receiving more power to get back his throne. So again, it's another example of looking for a guru, having rejected one, and not being too much concerned about reobtaining the shelter of my guru and why he left me, basically, in the case of Brihaspati, and just wanting someone else to serve my purpose, and not the other way around. So there are lots of implications here in between. So eventually he finds Bishwarup, who was someone who was offering Yajna for the Devas, as we know, but he came from mixed family. So he, he was offered part of the Yajna to the Asuras as, as well. So eventually Indra knew about that and beheaded Bishwarup. So Bishwarup's father called Twasta, he organized a whole Yajna to invoke a personality that may kill Indra in revenge. But in the context of this Karma Kanda rituals, he pronounced 
uh, wrongly one mantra and that make the, the, the whole thing upside down. Instead of invoking someone who may kill Indra, invoke someone who will be killed by Indra. So that personality was Ritrasura, who was all-encompassing, the name says, a giant so-called demon, as we will see. <laughs> and the devas were overtly concerned about the size of this personality and all the prospects in that connection. So they went to Vishnu, and Vishnu advised them, you get, you ask Dadichi Rishi his bones, and make some thunderbolt with them, and you will be able eventually to kill Britrasura by that. But Britrasura is, is actually a good guy. He seems a bad guy, but actually you will you will realize in time. And we also. So, well, as you know, eventually the battle starts, and Britrasura starts to smash all the demons very easily. And demons start to, to run from the battlefield and to attack him from the back, and Britrasura starts to school them. <laughs> uh, and eventually he has one battle one-to-one with Indra and Richard also schooling Indra that you are only praying to Bhagavan when you need something you devas are all the same and blah 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 so apparently an Asura is showing higher moral and, and, and spiritual knowledge than the Suras, the devas so well eventually as we know the battle continues and at one point before the battle sorry in this in the context of this instruction Richard starts to pray and this will be the prayers that we will start seeing today and get absorbed in Harikata and glorification of Bhagavan to the point that Indra becomes like surprised, who is he? And starts to glorify Britasura and is not willing to fight, but they have to fight both of them as a matter of dharma. And Britasura, you know, you will kill me, but we have to fight. So eventually Indra kills Britasura with this thunderbolt and so on. But Britasura is the one who won the battle in a substantial way, if you will. So in the same way that Indra was overwhelmed about who is this person, Pariksi Marasaki is saying to Sukadev, who was this person? And then Sukadev, for giving bigger picture and better context, narrates the story of Britasura in his previous lifetime as Chitraket Maharaj, no? who was this king who wanted the son as a heir to the throne. He was not able to do so, and Giramuni visits him. Please gives, give me the blessing he's asking, give me a son. And Gira says, your astrological chart shows you won't have a son. Give me a son, give me a son, okay, I will give you a son called Harsusoka. Hmm? Happiness, distress. <laughs> and okay, no problem, Chitraketu. So as we know, eventually the child is poisoned by the co-wives of Chitraketu, the ones who were not the mother of Harsusoka. So... After the joy of being of the birth of the child, Chitraket is thrown in the opposite direction, full uh, and, yeah, sorrow, basically. So at this point, Angira comes again with Naral Moon in this case, and Chitraket said, "Make the child be back, be born again, be back again to life." So Angira Muni makes that happen, and the child starts to instruct Chitraket and the whole family about the principle. No? You are my parents, you say you are my parents, which parents, which lifetime, and so on. So Chitraketu becomes enlightened after this, we are making some summary. And eventually, in seven days, he has Darshan of Bhagavan, becomes a Jivan Mukta, starts to travel the whole planet Earth without interruption. And he arrives at one assembly which Shiva was instructing, giving Harikata to an assembly of sages, naked with Parvati on his lap. So Chitraketu kind of joked with him in a friendly mood. Like, wow, how, how surprising such as you doing this, blah, blah, blah. And Shiva understood the joke, so didn't say anything. But 
Parvati didn't like the joke that much, so he, he cursed Chitraketu. He said, you are acting as a demon, you will be born as a demon. And Chitraketu accepted the curse, inclined his head towards, his head towards Parvati, and Shiva glorified Chitraketu as a great devotee who doesn't care for heaven, hell, liberation, or whatever. And this will be main topic in, in the prayers of, of Bridge Vesura. So this is a brief summary of what we saw in our introduction to have a little bit of context of who was the so-called Asura, Buddha Asura. So today we will start with the first verse of this four from this uh, chapter Sloki. So I will recite the verse in with all of you and we'll share it also for the ones who are connected. We'll share it in the chat. There it is. So and we will try to say something about that. So this is the first verse. We remember this is happening in the sixth cant of the Bhagavad, right in, in, the, in the middle of it. And these four verses represent the essence of the Bhava or the mood that the Bhagavatam wants to deliver us ultimately in the converging point of the Brajalila in the tenth canto. But here we have some uh, trailer of that. You know, what's coming? You know, something like this. And Brita Sura will give the gist of the spirit of surrender and unalloyed devotion and self-forgetfulness in divine love and so on that Vrindavan is all about. So let's go to the verse, verse 24 of 11th chapter of 6th canto of the Bhagavad. Aham harita vapadaikamolam dasanudasu bhavitasmibhoya so the translation says translation no, okay. the translation basically says like this Bhutasura is saying, Oh my Lord, uh, will I again be able to be a servant of your eternal servants who find shelter only at your lotus feet? O oh Lord, my life, may I again become their servant, so that my mind may always think of your transcendental attributes, my words always glorify those attributes, and my body always serve you. So this is the first of these four verses uh, of this main section of prayers by British Sura called Bhava Chatur Sloka sometimes. So first he's saying, Hare is a way to address Bhagavan. Ham means I. Tava padaika molam. Tava means a few. And padaika mola. Mola means like. Padaika feet. Padaika means like only. Whose only feet basically. Whose only shelter is your lotus feet. Tava padaika mola. Dasanu daso. I think you know that expression. Dasanu daso. Servant. Of the servant, Pavitashmi mm-hmm. Buya. May I become again the servant of the servant. So again, no? again, this doesn't mean that Brijasura fell from Vaikuntha, <laughs> but, but remember who was Brijasura before. No? He, so he was Chitraketu Maharaj and he was an exalted Vaishnava in his previous life. So he's saying Buya, Buya means again, and Pavitashmi means may I become mm-hmm. again, once again, Dasanu Das. The servant of the servant. Because of the curse, now I'm born as a demon. I cannot fully 
play out my identity as a devotee, if you will, due to this course, but may I do that again. And then it says, Manas Maritasu Pater Gunamste. So Manas means my mind. Manas Maritasu. My mind means Marita. Means like remember. May with my mind remember you. Manas Marita. Asupate. That's a nice expression. Now we will go more in detail. But Asupate means like master of my life or lord of my life, basically. Gunamste. Gunamste means like Guna means attributes. And same is your attribute. So also back the next word, the, the last line is Grinita bak karma karotukaya. So Grinita means may I chant about your attributes. Grinita back back with my words. May I engage in Hari Kirtan in, in, in the expression, the singing of the glow of your own glories and karma karotukaya. Hmm? So kara, kaya means body. So karotu means with my may I perform with my body karma. Karma in this case doesn't refer to something in the negative count, but means basically activities uh, in relation to you. So may with my body engage in activities in relation to you. May with my words engage in glorification of your attributes. May with my mind always think remember you. So this is a classical uh, way of. Uh, comprehensive, if you will, expression of surrender, mind, words, body, in your service, in the service of your servants, dasadu, dasanu, dasu. So, remember the, the stage here, no? We hear Brita Sura is, because we went from the previous section of the prayers and the post, you know, the next section of the prayers, but we are now in the midst of the battlefield, Brita Sura is there in race on the other side, and uh, Britasura was schooling Indra, instructing him on how to behave in the battlefield and, and whatever. And he was totally knowing he was going to be killed by Indra. He had no problem about that. And he started to instruct Indra, and in that context, he started to pray to, to Bhagavan. And in this context, previous to these verses, Britasura is saying to Indra, basically, kill me. I mean, you are destined to kill me. So you have this thunderbolt that was made with the bones of Dadichi, so kill me. Like, he showed no fear at all about what, whatever was waiting for him. And also in this context, he mentioned, he told to, to, to Indra, Bhagavan actually gives opulence to those that he doesn't truly want to bless. But this is the point that generally is made in the Bhagavad. And Krishna himself said that, at the end of the Bhagavatam, I said to the one who I want to to bless, I deprive that person from all opulence. Of course, this doesn't mean that any every single devotee will be deprived of that. We need some opulence. He's very opulent. <laughs> but the point is, if you will become entangled by that, for sure that will be. This was the classical question also in the Bhagavatam. Like Shiva is so much as an ascetic, and his devotees are quite rich. Vishnu is the husband of Lakshmi and his devotees are quite poor. No? So this is the whole idea. What's the real wealth, actually? The ultimate goal Premadan Harinam Sankirti. So the, the logic here in, in instructing particularly of Ritasura to Indra was Vishnu is when he gives wealth, that's not his true true blessing. And here Vishnu was guiding you, Indra, 
to act in certain way to preserve your wealth, to preserve your throne, to preserve your Indra, Indraness, if you will. <laughs> so by that, no, and, and, and he instructed you how to make this weapon, this particular thunderbolt. So indirectly, Gurtasura was telling Indra, you don't have the true blessing of Bhagavan. Just to be a deva, just to occupy such a rank you are having, that's not the real blessing. Because, of course, he was saying that because the idea is Indra again is representing Sakama Bhakti, which means I worship God, but in the context of improving my own situation in the material platform. So, a great deal of that comes in, from the devas. They are devotees, but as Sura was saying to Indra before, you are only going to Bhagavan when you have some problem, when your wealth is being is at risk, when the asuras are attacking your kingdom. There you remember Bhagavan to ask for protection. But actually, you are asking protect my wealth, you know, protect my pocket, protect my you know, artha, kama, whatever. You know. So the point is, and the point of the Bhagavatam, as you may understand, try to maintain the context. These verses are speak about. The converging point, ultimately about the converging point of Vrindavan. So, but in order to appreciate Vrindavan Bhakti, we need to go through some different ideas of what's Bhakti and Sakam Bhakti and Nishkam Bhakti. So Indra is like the epitome, the personification of Sakam Bhakti. Vishnu is there, God is there in the picture, but in a particular context. So here, Brijasura is representing Nishkam Bhakti, as we will see, even in this and the other verses. Now, I don't want anything. I only want to render pleasurable service to Bhagavan. Mm -hmm. So first, this idea needs to be discarded, Sakama Bhakti, in order to really enter into the realm of Uttam Bhakti, as Rupa Goswami describes it. Anyabila Sita Gyan Karma Adhyanabhitam, unencumbered by Gyan and Karma, devoid of all separate um, impulse, desire, separate plans, so on. So Vishwanachagravarti Thakur, in his Sarartha Darshini, commentary to this verse, in the context of, of this situation, what Brita was like hinting at Indra, you don't have the real blessing of Bhagavan. Not because Bhagavan is cheating you, basically, but because you are cheating yourself by taking Bhagavan as your servitor, basically. Someone who is facilitating your own idea about the ultimate goal. So that has nothing to do, ultimately, with what Bhagavan is about. So Vishwanachakravata comments in the first section of the Sarartha Darshan to this verse. Seeing that Indra did not throw the thunderbolt, because you can imagine Indra had the thunderbolt, but Vrityasura was shooting such thunderbolt of instruction to him, <laughs> Siksha thunderbolt, that Indra was like, what can I do with that? Maybe I will kill him, but he's killing me in another more substantial sense. So Indra was like dumbfounded and knowing what to do. So seeing that Indra did not throw the thunderbolt, Bhutrasura then thought, Vishwanath is paraphrasing him, oh, what will I say to this rascal Indra who sees everything materially, I will make a request at the lotus feet of my Lord. Then, Vishwanath continues, seeing the Lord appear through his meditation, he spoke this verse, the one we are uh, speaking today. Mm -hmm. So again, 
Brutusula was trying to enlighten Indra. He tried his best, but Indra, of course, he has his own frame of reference and capacity and adhikar to digest uh, the siksha of Brutusura. So at one point, Brutusura said, this Indra is a rascal. <laughs> so I, 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 what to do? What, I won't continue strengthening him. I will start praying to Bhagavan. And so he became absorbed. Maybe that's a better way of inspiring Indra even, as a byproduct of that. And, and, and that will happen. That will be the case as we have, say, uh, we have seen. He became so much absorbed, ecstatically in praying to Bhagavan in this verse that Indra was witnessing that, and that had a very powerful effect. Achar, a very powerful achar. So, so here in this verse again, Brutusura was not at all concerned. The person in front of me is about to kill me. I am about to die. He knew that. He was not fearful of that. But actually he began to pray to Bhagavan. Give me the association of, my, of your devotees, basically. That was he asked for. That was his only concern. Like, you are about to die. What do you want to ask? Give me Sadhu Sangha. Allow me to remain the servant of the servant. That's, that's real life. So as much as I can remain fixed into that prospect, there is no death whatsoever. That, that's the main idea. And that's why all of our great uh, luminaries have prayed in that line. But you know, Thakur had said, please do not make me a Brahma if I will be devoid of Sadhu Sangha. But if, if I will, if, if you make me an ant with Sadhu Sangha, uh, I, I, will, I will prefer that. I mean, I will prefer Sadhu Sangha, that's the point. No matter the external form it takes, ant, Brahma, basically, a Brahma, Bhubana, Loka, Punala, there is no much difference, strictly speaking, between Brahman and ant. What makes the difference is Sadhu Sangha. <laughs> So that's, that's the point here. We are speaking about Indra, who is not Brahma, but is quite close to such a high material position. But Brihasura was on the other, if you will, not an ant, but a demon. So again, and he was not concerned about making an Indra or I want to stop being an Asura. Give me Sadhusanga. Whatever, however, I will have to be born again. So... And, and that was the real mercy of Bhagavan for Brihasura. Before he said to, to, to Indra, you think that Bhagavan's mercy is to give wealth to you, to preserve your throne, your fame, your position. You think that's the help you are receiving from Bhagavan? For me, I have another criterion. For me, Bhagavan's kripa is maintain me as the servant of the servant of the servant. You Indra asking Mantemi as Indra, 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 the boss of everyone else. <laughs> and Britishu says, please keep me as the servant of the servant of the servant. Externally, it seems like two opposites, no? Indra is just obsessed with the idea, I want to remain the boss, I want to remain the, thief, the chief of heaven. And Britishu says, I don't care if I have to go to hell, but please allow me to be the servant of the servant. <laughs> so externally, it seems, one wants to be the chief, one other wants to be the servant of the servant of the servant. But in the context of bhakti, that makes everything upside down. And an ant in the context of bhakti is higher than an indra without bhakti. So, and that's a pretty substantial uh, 
vision. We have to really go beyond the external form, the external appearance of who is who and so on. And, and this will be further confirmed in the next verse. We will see that tomorrow. But there, Brita Sura will pray to Bhagavan. I don't want anything that may um, represent an obstacle to my bhakti to you. I don't want moksha, mukti. I don't want to be born as Brahma. I don't want to go to the planet of the demons, of the demons, of the devas. I don't want a sovereignty. 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 Okay. The kingdom in earth. I don't want anything if that's to re to represent an obstacle to my service to you. So you make the arrangement. Send me however and whatever you consider, but in such a way that there may be a high pratihata, unencumbered, uninterrupted offering of myself to you. That's it, the important condition of the contract of the list. The, the rest you do whatever you like. Similarly to what he's saying here. So again, he's saying all this in front of Indra. Brutusura will say, I don't care to be a Brahma. I don't care to play Mukti. I don't. And Indra is cares so much about remaining Indra. <laughs> so this is a very important contrast that the Bhagavatam wants to make. And it's not only this section that is making this point, but all along, each, every single canto, this idea is there. So the point is this. Brutusura is really... At this point, strictly speaking, as we mentioned yesterday, he starts to insist to Indra kill me, as we said before. Indra had the thunderbolt in, the, in his hand, and Brutusura is basically imploring, please kill me. And Indra is already like overwhelmed with this because Brutusura, first of all, was attacking everyone in the beginning, and he showed the capacity of kill everyone in just one, one shot. <laughs> But at the same time, now he was saying to Indra, I know you will kill me, so kill me. And Indra was like, well... And, and immediately after that, he starts to pray to Bhagavan and cry and ex experience deep separation. So that's, it. that's the main reason why Bhishwara uh, Sura is really concerned about being killed. <laughs> I cannot bear any longer with my separation from Asurupate, like he said here with the Lord of my life. I cannot bear this separation any longer. Please kill me and help me to get closer to Him in whatever lifetime. So for Indra, this is totally like above his scope. Now Indra at this point was just desperate. I want back my kingdom back. <laughs> and on the other side, here you have this so-called Asura crying in separation of Bhagavan. <laughs> Say, no? Send me whatever you like, but at least allow me to be the servant of the servant of your servant. I don't want anything else. So that was a very powerful lesson, again, for Indra, but not only for Indra, but for those who still may have their bhakti mixed with calm, with personal desire. And that's what maintains us in a state of anxiety, says Chaitanya Charitamrita. We won't be able to fully sleep at night, if you will. <laughs> as much as we have separate interests. Mm -hmm. Krishna Bhakta Nishkam Atayiva Santa Bhukti Mukti Siddhikami Sakalya Santa says Krishna Das Kaviraj. Mm -hmm. He says Krishna Bhakta Nishkam Atayiva Santa. The, the Krishna Bhakta, the devotee of Krishna, he is Nishkam. He should be Nishkam ideally. At least conceptually to begin with. And and, and trying to 
pursued that idea. Nishkam means non-separate desire. All, the, all desires trying to be converging in, in the direction of pleasing Guru Hari, Guru Vaishnava. And, and because of that, Atayeva Santa. Krishna Bhakta will be Santa, will be peaceful. No separate desire, no selfishness equals to peace. And Krishna in the Gita said, you cannot speak about happiness without peace. Because in this world, all, everyone wants to be happy, but not everyone is concerned about being peaceful. They do not connect one thing with the other. They just want, they interpret happiness with enjoyment. And it has nothing to do with peace. So Krishna says, real happiness will be erected on the, on the foundation of peace. <laughs> there we will be speak, speaking seriously about happiness, joy, real joy, the joy of self. <laughs> so this verse says, Krishna Bhakta will be peaceful because she has no, she has no separate desire. Bhukti Mukti Shidi Kami Shakalya Santa. But those who aspire for Bhukti Mukti Shidi, those who are Kami, who are desirous of those things, Bhukti, material enjoyment, mukti, even moksha, <laughs> liberation, or siddhi, some whatever, mystical, yogic development, some subtle technology, or we can extend that nowadays to all the forms of technology. <laughs> Sakalya Santa. They, are, they cannot be in peace, because they are full of desire. And the, and, and the, the center of those desires is not the center. <laughs> so... They are out of center desire. So that is not allowing them to be in peace. Krishna says something similar in the Gita. When he mentions, the, as Prabhupada will say, the peace formula. Yatumam, how, how do you say? Bhaktanam yaknyatapasam sarvaloka maheshwaram suridam sarvabhutanam yatumam samtimbaititi. The one who acknowledges that I am the enjoyer of all, controller of all, and friend of all, will attain real peace. But I am the center, basically. I am the all-encompassing center and locate yourself in your natural position in that connection to the center. Peace will be there. And you see, Indra and the Devas are not in peace, are in anxiety. No? Our Guru Mahesh makes that point over and over again. For example, in the Prahlad Charit, when Nrsimhama kills Hiranyakashipur and it's in his Ugra, a moment, if you will, ferocious, ferocious manifestation, and the whole world is trembling, and the devas are there, but nobody is able to get closer because they realize Nusrimhadev just has just killed the very personification of selfish desire, separate desire, Iranya Kasipu, which means soft bed, gold. <laughs> so he has just been not only killed, but just tear apart, torn apart, no? and, and you know, Nurasimhade was garlanding himself with the intestines of that, like showing real beauty in the task of take, ex, ex, like amputating selfish desire. <laughs> so all the devas were trembling and were not able to get closer because they realized we have something of that also. <laughs> Maybe we are not Iranyakashipu, he was the very personification of that, but we are little ambassadors of that same principle. So we are fearful. We are in anxiety. We cannot be in full in peace. That's the point. But Prahlad Maharaj was, he represented Santa Rasa, basically. He was like personification of 
Santa Bhakti, which means the scriptures say that the main quality, the Swarupalakshana of Santa Rasa is uh, freedom from selfish desire, basically. That's like the foundation. So he had that foundation, he had no fear, he was running and jumped into Nrsimha's lap. And Nrsimha started like, to lick him like a baby lion and so on. <laughs> so, so this is the point may, being made here. We may feel, oh, that's for Indra, but that's for us in part. No? Yeah, Bhagavad Gita was spoken to Arjuna, but at one point you start to realize, I'm Arjuna in this case. No, I mean, I'm, I'm this Arjuna. The real Arjuna is Arjuna, and, and the character that Arjuna is expressing by divine invention, that's for me. <laughs> so similarly, we are not here just to condemn Indra and say, oh, this Indra is a rascal. No, I mean, we are the rascal. <laughs> I'm the rascal at least. So in this way, so that's a contrast. On one side, Indra with such a degree of selfish interest, and on the other, expect, and, and he's the chief of the Suras, the pious people. So he's supposed to show a high degree of piety, and, and but he's so much... I mean, the point is, you, have, you can be very sattvic and very pious, but it doesn't mean you are transcendental. And, 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 and that sattva, extreme sattva, that sometimes the devas are connected with, that can, um, how do you say, downgrade, downgrade, become downgraded, degraded, yeah. Krishna says in the Gita, one of the um, of the attributes of sattva is happiness and knowledge. On, on a material level and in a very sophisticated artistic expression of knowledge and, 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 and happiness, like the one at Swarga, but also... He says in the Gita, one of the symptoms of rajas is attachment. So the point is, if you get to sattva, and you experience knowledge and happiness like Indra was, and you get attached to that, that attachment is no longer sattva, but it's rajas. So your sattva becomes polluted by rajas, and you go down, and from rajas can come tamas. As we will see, sometimes the devas are really going crazy, <laughs> Indra especially. You see Govardhan Lila, he wants to kill all the Rajavasis and becomes totally mad and enraged. And, but all that began in some type of sattva. But instead of understanding sattva is uh, like a, how do you say, the platform when the planes are like living. It's like a living platform towards beyond sattva or Visuddha sattva, we may call it. If you, understand, you don't understand that's the role of sattva and you instead get attached to that and try to maintain that, Generally, that goes Rajas and maybe Tamas. So that's something that also the Bhagavatam wants to make this point here. So, so again, this is the contrast. On one side, Indra doing that, representing all that. On the other side, a so-called demon, Asura. The word Asura means I want to enjoy right now. That's interesting. Asura means like quickly, also one of the meanings. And Ra is connected with Raman Te, which has to do with experience, experiencing pleasure. So Asura means, I want to enjoy now. Mm-hmm. There's one song in Argentina, which is very famous, unfortunately, <laughs> from an old group. And basically the main line says, I don't know what I want, but I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a pretty Asura-like uh, hit. I, I even don't have a clue about what I want, but I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> so.
So Australia has to do with that. I want to enjoy now, and I I do not care about the consequences about what's whatever. So actually, the one who is showing mainly that here is Indra, who is supposed to be a sura, not an asura, and the one who is apparently an asura is crying in separation of Bhagavan, <laughs> praying, please imploring, may I become a servant of the servant of the servant. Dasa, dasa, nudas. That's a very important section. Sila Prabhupada in his purport to this verse, in, he starts the very purport by saying, this verse gives us some substance of devotional life. So, that's an important way to start a purport. <laughs> it is an important verse, you can even learn it by heart and try to use it. And these verses are very powerful, as Guru, well, Guru Maharaj will say, when you learn these verses and invoke them, repeat them yourself, you have the extra blessing that they were said by someone with actual devotional power. So by you invoking those prayers composed by such people, you immediately get a special attention from Bhagavan that if you compose your maybe your own prayers that may have not that much power. You can do that, of course, but it's, it's an important part to also invoke, you know, take shelter in this prayer. So Prabhupada said, this verse represents the sum of substance of devotional life. In the, especially regarding this idea of dasa dasa anudas. I want to be the servant of the servant of the servant. Sriman Mahaprabhu himself gave a similar statement. As you may know, this is one of the few verses ascribed to him, apart from the Sikshastakam, and apart from this verse that Aguma sometimes quotes, and so on. And that speaks about how Harikata is far beyond the reach of the Upanishads. Another verse that is appears in Rupa Goswami's Sadiavali says, and, and I think you know it, and maybe most probably you may invoke it when you enter into the altar, I don't know. But it's always there generally in the the Padati. Nahambi pro na chanara patim na piba isuna sudro na hambar ni na chagri hapatir no manas to yatirba. Kintu prodiam nikila paramanandam purnambritabdir. Gopi bar to pala kamalayor. That's the most important part. Dasa dasa no dasa. So Mahaprabhu there is saying, I'm not Brahman, nor Shatya, nor Bhaisa, nor Sudha, nor Sanyasa, nor Banapraksa, nor Vihasa, nor Brahmachari. Sarvopadivinir Muktam. Rejecting all types of limiting adjuncts, all types of designation, but one designation remains, you know, the devotional, eternal designation. Gopi Bhartu Palaka Malayo Das Dasanuda. I'm the servant of the servant of the servant of Sri Krishna, the beloved of the gopis and so on. So that's our position. We sometimes in initiation receive the title Das um, you are very fortunate, you have the title Das. Uh, someone has replaced mine with Swami, which is very complicated title to deal with. <laughs> Instead of servant, they put some master. So I need to really struggle to understand how Swami means Das, strictly speaking. <laughs> so, But the point is that uh, actually we are not even Das. We aspire to be Das and of Das and of Das. Not, not Das in the direct sense. Okay, I'm Das. Mm-hmm. Sometimes devotees like to identify with a part of the name, but not with... I mean, the, the, the surname is the most important part here, Das. We are all part of that family. Even the one who received the, the karma of being called Swamis. No? That's a special challenge for seeing the Das 
in between the lines. So Sila Sarnaraj will say that. He will say, he will say, ours is the fifth position. Interestingly, he will say, ours is the fifth position. First we have Krishna, first position, if you will, Radha Krishna, Krishna, Gauji Gopal, whatever. Then we have Krishna Das, the servant of Krishna, mainly connected to his eternal retinue, the Nitya Parishad, Krishna Das. Third position is Krishna Das Anudas, that we may say, instead of being the Nitya Siddhas, we may extend that to the Sadhana Siddhas, those who have not been always there, but eventually become perfect and remain there. And then we have Das, Krishna Das Anudas Anudas, the ones who are not Krishna, who are not Nitya Siddhas, who are not Sadhana Siddhas, but who are Sadhakas, that are to be served by us, because we will appear there in the fifth position. So in that sense, you will say dasa no dasa no dasa. I mean, you can remain saying dasa no dasa for a long time, and as long as you extend that idea, it's much more self-care. Vaishnavism is in the right place. So, so in this way here, Britasura is praying in that connection. Aham haritaba padaik molam dasa no daso bhavitashme buya. As we say, oh Lord, let me take shelter of your feet and. Make me again the servant of your servant. Give me that wealth, that position. Mm-hmm. Again. Again means I was Chitra Ketumara Simapurita. I had the fortune of receiving mantra from Narada. I had Sadhu Sangha. Give me that wealth again. Here's not speaking about coming from the spiritual world. Because some devotees may take just for because of oh they're here it says again. This is proof that we fall from by That's nothing. This is not the way you establish. A Siddhantic point, just taking one word out of context and, and trying to make too much of that. You put everything in context, you understand this is not supported, and Vritasura can't say again because he was who he was before. So that's a context. And there he, he directs his prayer, he names Bhagavan Asupate, as we mentioned, Asupate, which means Lord of my life. A pretty romantic addressing of Bhagavan, no? the Lord of my life. Mm-hmm. Similar to what Mahaprabhu said when he spoke the fourth verse of Sikshasakam, Guru Maharaj mentioned in his commentary to to, the, to that verse, Mahaprabhu there is using the word Ishvara and Jagadish. And this fourth verse represents Ruchi, and in Ruchi, there is no desire, no longer any desire for this word, Nadnam, Nadjanam, Nasundarim. Kavitamba, not even no, no desire for the other world, but only Mamajan Manijan Manishwari Bhavatat Bhakti Only desire for Bhakti. So at this point he say the devotee is saying goodbye to this world. And Mahaprabhu is saying goodbye to the deity of this world who is Paramatma, the one presiding over Maya Shakti, Jiva Shakti. So with the word Jagadis, Jagadis is the name for Paramatma, Lord of the universe, Bhagavan is saying goodbye. Paramatma, representing the Ruchi Bhaktan, Ishvara. Instead, he's directing himself to Ishvara, but here Ishvara means, Guru Maharaj explains, Praneshvara. So Ishvara means controller, but Praneshvara has a totally different connotation. Prana means life, vital air. So Lord, Lord of my Prana, controller of my breath, like 
Lord of my life. That's another way of saying, for Prananath. Sometimes you say Prananath, Lord of my life, Praneshwar, or Ashupati. Mm-hmm. At that stage, you are so much, if you will, attached to, to Bhagavan, so much in love with Bhagavan, that instead of breathing, and you say, He's the Lord of my breathing, you are like, how do you say in English when you say like, ah, Saigin? So you are the Lord of my Saigin. When you are in love, you are not breathing anymore. You are just sagging at every point. But every prana you have, every movement of your prana is an offering to Him. So this is what Brittasura refers here when he's saying, Lord of my life. The other thing is, other way of saying is, I've given my life to you. My prana is no longer mine. My sense of self-belonging is no longer there. In another section of the Bhagavatam, a very nice one, when this is a series of six prayers, when the Sudarshan is chasing Durvasamuni, when he was wants to kill Ambarish Maharaj, and Bhagavan appears on his scene, and he pronounces six verses, very nice verses about how Bhagavan is indebted and attached to his devotees. And in the third one of those verses, you say, Jidara Gara Putra Tap, Tanam Bikami Mam Param, Hitka Mam Sharanam Jatva, Katam Stam Tatumum Yate. Putsahi. So he's saying, I mean, how can I, I abandon my devotees when they have given me their. And he says, Jidara Gara Putra Tap, Tanam Bikami Mam Param. They have rejected house, family, attachment, worldly position. They have even their own life. They are willing to, not abandon, but to surrender all that to me. But, and the word prana is there. Even they have given their prana to me. They don't have given all they possess, but they have given their very self. So I will reciprocate fully. How can I even think of abandoning such a devotee of mine? Hmm? So, so in this way, hmm? the way Britain Suresh, in great longing. Again, here it has to do more, as Guru Mahesh will say, quoting Rupa Goswami, his prayers here had to do more with bhava than with sadhana. No, not so much prayers of saranagati, of course, there, here is saranagati, but especially longing, longing mm-hmm. to attain some position of eternal service here. So in that longing, in that separation that Bhritasura is expressing himself, let me share some other words that Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakuri is mentioning in the other part of his purpose. He says, he's parafra- paraphrasing Vritrasura. No? He's very, Vishwanath Sarartha Darshan is very characteristic of this. He kind of shares what's saying in between the verses and in between the lines of each verse. No? Mm-hmm. So it says, Vritrasura uh, is saying to Vishwanath, please, <clears throat> Tell me why there is such a delay. Remember, it's in the separation. I am tormented out of longing. The Lord says, to, according to Vishwanath, to Bhritasura, very soon I will bring you to my side. Please ask for a boon. And again, this verse is like a reply to that, if you will. What says Bhritasura here? May my mind remember you, Lord of my life. May my words sing your qualities. May my body massage your feet, find you, and give you battle nuts. Mm. <laughs> this is the prayer of my mind, voice, and body. Mm. 
This is what the, the last section said. Vinita bhag karma karotu kaya. Manasmarita supatrarguna. Where with my mind, again, absorb all my mental functions in your qualities, with my voice, sing about you, with my body, render different types of menial service like the ones mentioned here. Tanuban manovir aham tabashme. This is like the, the gist of the idea. Tanuban manovir aham tabashme. I am yours in words, mind, and action. That, that's the, like the official claim, if you will, of surrender towards Guru and Bhagavan. Tanuban manovir. We find this, this is structured in many verses in the scripture. No? Mind, voice, body, different levels of apparat also connected to that, different levels of service connected to that, now from more subtle mind to speech to act. So in all levels we should engage all these functions in the service of Bhagavan. This is mentioned in, in the Bhagavatam. Again, all this is a trailer to what Vrindavan is about. In the tenth canto this is will be fully unpacked. You know how for example the gopis are Absorbing, serving Krishna with all these faculties. Tanmanaskas, Tadalapas, Tadbichestas, Tadadmika, Tadgunami, Bagayantu, Nadmagari, Sasmaru. Describe the Rasalila, how the gopis. Tanmanaskas, with their minds absorbing the attributes of Krishna, with their voice singing every single day, Krishna Kirtan, with their acts, whatever they do, even though it may seem they are doing for someone else, it's all in the context of feeling their passion for Krishna. Absorb constantly. Sometimes this Kantimala, sometimes it has three rounds, sometimes you are connected with this idea as well. Tanu man manovir, no? Acts, words, and mind are made of Tulsi. The Tulsi represents Bhakti. So, in the context of Bhakti, I, I try to engage my mind, my words, my acts. Those should be in the same line. In other words, what I'm thinking. I'm saying, and what I'm saying, I'm doing. <laughs> no? Sometimes people in this world is quite crooked. Thinking one thing, saying some other thing, and doing some other thing. <laughs> no? So to control one's senses and to be a, a really honest person, a sadhu means honest, Sanatana Goswami says this in Haribhakti um, Vilas, sadhu means honest person. So honest means aligned all the things. At least we are in the attempt of doing so. We try to, whatever is out in our mind, we are not hiding anything. We try to, whatever we are expressing is what we are thinking, and whatever we are saying is what we are doing. Gradually, less and less contradiction in, in that sequence, if you will, that hierarchy. So again, constantly the Bhagavad is invoking this, this idea of speech, uh, mind, thoughts, and actions, all of them in the service of Bhagavan. No? Arjuna also asked Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, is enough that I serve you in actions? He say, no, no, also absorb your mind in me, also engage your words in me. Hmm? This is present in every in different parts of the scripture. Also Brahma is saying, your devotees are, while receiving the results of the previous actions, glorifying you with words, actions, and mind. And they become proper heirs to bhakti. Hmm? 
So this is a very interesting situation. British story showing that he's increasing again. He's longing just two, two minutes more and I station. In the context of his longing, his separation of Bhagavan, uh, the present situation in which he is in a Sanatura is actually how do you say kindling, kindling? Like igniting the fire of longing. Kindling? Kindling. Kindling. Like famous examples are Bharat Maharaj, for example, that he became the king, eventually he became a deer, eventually he became Jada Bharat. So some obstacles were there, but all that was just increasing their fervor, their passion. Gadyumna Maharaj eventually fell and took the body of an animal also as Gajendra, the elephant. But in, as Gajendra he expressed such certain longing as well. In the case of Chitraketu Maharaj he was cursed again. All these stories of the Gwadatam, we find so many curses in between, and people, great devotees, apparently falling, but actually if you are a great devotee, you cannot speak about falling. So it's only an arrangement of Bhagavan to increase the longing. No? Srila Samras gives the example, you are running, and you want to jump over some, whatever, creek, creek, okay? but maybe you it's too, too big to jump, so you need to go back a little bit, take some distance and run quicker, and then you can jump. So it seems you are going backwards, but actually it's just in, in, for the sake of being able to go forward. So this story seems, oh, Chitraketu is going backwards, now it's an Asura. No, no. His Baba is increasing, his longing is increasing more and more and more and more. A hundredfold, not, not a little bit. So we shouldn't... So that's the point, no? and, and sometimes this is delicate because we may ob observe a Vaishnava and we may... It may seem he's falling, she's falling, but actually it may be some... I mean, each case is different, it's not every case is like this, but it may happen. So we should be very careful about in, in projecting certain conclusions about the particular devotee situation. So the, the falling, of course, of, of another person may be different, hmm? of um, someone who is aspiring for mukti or, or whatever. Hmm? But in, in the case of an advanced devotee, the so-called fall is actually increasing their their bow, their prem, their longing. So, and Brichasura is a great example of this. He was cursed, which was the result of the curse. His longing increased. His prayer became more intensified. They remained attached to Bhagavan's feet. They remained faithful to Bhagavan. Hmm? And they considered this fall was arranged by Bhagavan. Shobana, karma, we may say, in terms of Vishwanachadravartitaka. It takes the form of karma, of a curse, or whatever. But it's shovan, it's beautiful, it's acting in a particular way. And that's why also Bhagavan himself said, for my devotee, I mean, in this path, Nehabhikram and Ashtisthitatyabhayanavidyate, Salpamapyasthadharmasyakthyati Mahatobhaya. In this path of bhakti, there is no loss, nor diminution, any single effort is protecting you from the highest danger. So even if you are externally cursed, you are fully protected. Many verses. Krishna says in the Gita, verse 30 and 31, nine chapter, important verses. He's saying, even if my devotee is behaving in a very unbecoming way, he still is a sadhu. If they are determined about taking shelter in me, Surrendering to me, 
I consider them saintly person. And they quickly will attain everlasting peace. So please, he says to Arjuna, declare that my devotee never perishes. Perishes? Perishes. Declare loudly that my devotee never perishes. So in this way, Guru story is one of these examples. Someone that seemed to have been a devotee doing something unbecoming, as he did as Sri Chaketu by joking with Shiva, but actually was in a particular context, being cursed, being born as an asura, apparently something inauspicious, but we see the fruit of that, Palina Parichete, we just retrieve of the fruit, his longing, his vipralamba, Viraha increasing more and more. So, some words about this first of force versus Baba Chatur Sloki. So, as we will see, there is some Baba there. And, and, and a lot of the emphasis is put on the side of longing, on separation, because separation is the entry point towards the realm of union. So, these verses will emphasize that. And I think we can finish here. We are already in time. So, again, if there are any questions, you may write them down, and we will, at the end of the lecture from the verses, we may have at least one meeting for addressing any questions you may have regarding this study. Srila Gurudev Ki Jai, Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, Sri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Sri Sri Daoji Gopalji Ki Jai, Gantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrindaki Jai, Gaur Priman Hiro.